The following content has been provided by RWTH Aachen University. Cocoa is the UI toolkit and actually the general toolkit of macOS 10. Uh, evolved out of the next step, as we already explained, the class names still give it away. You just saw it in the example. The nslog method that we call to put something on the terminal was actually um, uh, an example of this using this ns uh, prefix. Um, Cocoa consists of two parts. The foundation, which has basic programming support, like you know processes, strings, and stuff. Um, and then um, there is the app kit, which is the interface. Here are some of the examples that what foundation contains. Um, so NSObject, the, the general mother of all objects in the, um, in the Cocoa toolkit, is actually defined in foundation. You have values, strings, collections, and services from the operation, uh, system, uh, operating system. Um, you got things like notifications or archiving, which basically means you know, freeze-drying data structures on, into stuff that can be stored. Um, all the language services that Objective-C needs and uh, scripting, um, distributed objects, those kinds of things are all defined in foundation. Um, AppKit then deals with the UI, right? It defines the Aqua interface. Um, so anything that's got to do with the UI, fonts, graphics, color, documents, printing, operating system support, international support, support for the interface builder, um, that's all defined in AppKit. And AppKit is definitely the larger part, um, or, or in AppKit the larger part are um, the interface widgets. Over 100 of those classes in AppKit are essentially widget classes. This one is interesting. Um, I like this because it shows an interesting merge between the, the, the toolkit, that is basically UI toolkit, and the design software that you use. So the toolkit, AppKit, actually includes active support to work with Interface Builder, which is your graphical editor, to put your interface together. And because of that linkage, um, we'll see this in some demos, we can do some pretty amazing things inside the Interface Builder that you normally would have to do um, you know, in code and that take a lot of time and are tedious to do. So modern toolkits tend to go this way and have tightly integrated IDE development applications where you build your interface, write your code, and all of this is happening in an interlinked uh, environment rather than the, you know, the old style of it's all happening in Emacs and it's all just text files and, and we need to do all of everything ourselves. Here's a rough overview of what the um, Cocoa class hierarchy looks like. We start with NSObject. As I already said, this is sort of the, the generic object uh, uh, that's the root of the entire um, next step and now uh, Cocoa, uh, Mac OS X Cocoa um, class hierarchy. And then we see things that are, you know, they all are pretty meaningful. Like we've got NSEvent, NSResponder. A responder is basically just a, a superclass for uh, windows, views, and, and whole application um, frames. Um, we've got uh, cells, which are lightweight controls that are not as um, heavy in their resource use as, as a full-blown um, uh, field, for example, in a table. Um, menus, um, items inside those menus, etc., etc. One thing you will notice is if you compare this class hierarchy, for example, to the hierarchy you will see in Java Swing, is that this one is fairly flat. It doesn't have as many subclassing um, sort of tree depth. It doesn't have as much depth in the, in the subclassing tree as Java Swing does. And the reason for this, 
um, are two constructs. One construct is simply a design pattern. So it's just, if you like, a convention that the toolkit uses, nothing in the language. The other thing is actually a language feature of Objective-C and the Cocoa Toolkit. So the delegates are simply a design pattern that the Cocoa Toolkit cho chose to pick up. You could use it also if you had an object-oriented language. Um, categories, on the other hand, are something that you can only do if you have language support for it. Both of these are being used to uh, mix in functionality without having to subclass. I'll come to uh, this in more detail in the next slide. Um, if you want to see by the way, the full hierarchy, like you know, expanding this into everything, you can uh, check the Xcode online help and you can see the whole class tree, of course. So first of all, delegates. Does anybody know the design pattern of delegation? You've all probably taken some classes in software engineering. Um, does, 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 does delegation, does, does that ring a bell as a design pattern? Singleton, that rings a bell, right? Design pattern singleton? Yes, okay. So you've, you've heard of some design patterns. Um, so delegation is similar. It's also a design pattern. It's basically a, um, a construction that you can do in your code as you structure your class and write your classes that you can put in place. And delegation um, is similar to what you know as listeners in Java. And listeners in Java are also not a language construct it's not in the Java programming language, it's simply the way that the toolkit is built, right? The classes are defined. So what a delegate is, is it's a class whose methods get called by another class that wants to plan for being able to extend its functionality later. So what that means is basically you've got one class, let's take table view, okay? It's a class that lets you show a table. That's a class that does these kinds of table views. So that's a class somewhere in your, in your class hierarchy. And that class has a bunch of methods, obviously. But maybe there are things that you may want to react to when you have a table view. Let's say that you want to say people should be able to, I don't know, uh, resize the size of, a, of, a, of an element in this table view. Usually you don't need that, but maybe there's a need to do this. So what you could do is you could, of course, create a subclass of this table view that then added the ability to change the, the height of a table cell. But that's kind of inconvenient because that gives you a lot of subclasses, and we end up you know, subclassing a lot and get a very deep hierarchy. Instead, what the table view in the Cocoa Toolkit does, it's designed that way, it was written that way, is that it has little hooks for all kinds of things. So this class has lots of extra hooks in here that say, oh, by the way, if anybody ever wants to do something with the you know, changing the table cell height, we have a hook for that. We don't, we don't do anything there right now, but you can hook in if you want to. So these hooks are defined in the table view, and it says if a height of a table gets changed, I will take a look at this hook and see if something, a delegate, got hooked into this place to react to this particular thing. And this delegate is then a table view delegate for the particular task of 
reacting to a change in the height of a cell. Okay? And you've got hooks in here in the table view class for all sorts of things that you can, if you want to, attach specific new classes to that you write that then react to this. That way we haven't created a subclass. This is still your table view class. You still, all your table views in your code will use the same table view class, no subclassing, but they may choose, you may choose, to actually hook in delegates at various points to extend the functionality of the table view in particular ways. Extending mostly means reacting to particular kinds of user events. And so there is actually a class called you know, table view blah 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 delegate that, will, that you will have to basically then create um, or, or subclass from in order to be a valid table view delegate. You have to fulfill that protocol, um, that interface of a table view get delegate to be able to hook into that point. That way the tool could make sure that what you, the class you connect to there has the right you know, structure set up to receive the right information from the table view when it comes time to do this kind of stuff. So a delegate is a class or really an instance uh, whose methods get called by another class. So <coughs> delegates solve this problem that we talked about before, this fragile base class problem, where if you have subclasses, you normally need to, um, or if you change something in, in NS table view and you've subclassed NS table view in your code, you will need to recompile your code, right? Because your base class changed. If you don't have the subclassing, then Apple could update their NS table view, and yes, you'll have to recompile your code if it contains NS table view, of course, but your delegate class, you know, the, that, that stuff doesn't need to get touched because it is just a separate class, not related in the subclassing um, relationship. It just happens to get called during execution by this other class. So the delegate isn't really bound to the NS table view in a subclass relationship. It simply happens to be bound by this method calling that happens across. So delegates don't need to be recompiled when you change the uh, you know, root or the starting, uh, the starting class that is, is using that delegate. And just to show you, and this, this may seem like, yeah, okay, it's a neat trick, but what's the big point? Just to show you how far the developers went when they built the Cocoa Toolkit, how far they used delegation as a pattern. Um, here's a list of the delegate methods that are available in NS table view. So NS table view doesn't, by default, doesn't do anything when any of these things happen, but it has hooks to allow you to react to these events if you choose to. Um, a table view column did move. A table view column did you know, get resized, so the user resized the table view column. Or anything that selects stuff in the table. You know, selection should change in table view, which happens right before the selection is being changed. Um, or table view should select row. Table view selection did change, so this is right after the selection changed. Or if take these, you know, responding to various mouse events. So you have a table and a user clicked on a table column. Or you know, a user is about to edit a table um, column in a particular row. By the way, when we introduced the, the um, Objective-C syntax, we said that 
every parameter after the first one needs to have its own name. The way that's written down in shorthand, if you want to mention a method, is that you say, um, you know, this is the table view uh, class. It has a method that is called should edit table column, and the second parameter is, is row. Okay, so this is basically the name of the second parameter. Or here's one. If you want to display a, a table cell, right before you will display it, uh, you can react to that and, and do something special. Or tooltips, right? Table view, tooltip for cell uh, in this rectangular, at that table column, at that row, at that mouse location. So all these parameters are part of that call. Or allowing variable height, table height rows. Table view, height of row. You know, you can set it if you want to. So all these things are available in the table view class. So the table view class has a lot of methods in there that aren't actually um, currently doing anything, but you can hook in there and write a delegate class that plugs into it and extends the table view that way. Okay, um, you obviously don't need to implement all of those, right? That's the beauty of it. This doesn't mean that you need to write code for all of these. <coughs> um, should edit table column, by the way, um, is actually, it's actually not something that will happen uh, in, a, in, a, in a minute, but it actually is a, is a question of should it be possible to edit this table column and row. So it returns basically a Boolean value. Um, so those are delegates. These are, this is the way to do delegation. And uh, you will see delegation all over the Cocoa Toolkit. It's a design pattern. It's a principle. It's a concept that the developers of the Cocoa Toolkit decided to pick up and use and adopt all through their design of the toolkit. Protocols, um, like I said, are similar to Java's interfaces and mostly replace the need for multiple inheritance. Um, you, you probably know the, 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 the problem of uh, sort of the, the, the diamond of death from multiple inheritance, right? So let's take a brief trip through, um, through inheritance concepts. Uh, when you have a plain vanilla object-oriented language, um, if you think it just in the, you know, the straight way, then you can do multiple inheritance, right? You can have um, a class, I don't know, car, and, or, or, yeah, and, and you can have a different class, a boat, and if you're building an amphibian you know, uh, uh, vehicle, then you might inherit from both of those, right? So you could have inheritance from two um, base classes. That would be like your amphibian uh, vehicle. And that's all great. Um, we know that that's possible in, for example, C++. C++ is a language that allows multiple inheritance. At some point, all of these came from a base class uh, that might be called, I don't know, object or something. And that's why this is called the diamond of death, because this is a diamond shape, and I'm going to explain what the death part is. Do you maybe know what the problem is? Yeah? Any idea? Anybody? What's the, what's the challenge with multiple inheritance? I mean, it's not per se a bad you know, idea, but yeah. What happens now if car and boat have a method of the same name? Exactly. So if you have a, uh, you know, some of these things here, the methods might be, I don't know, um, unique to the car, or these might be unique to the boat, like, you know, start propeller or something. That's not going to be in the car. So that's fine. They get all combined. That's great. But if you have something like um, open door, well, these both have doors, and now we're running into a problem, right? When the amphibian class is supposed, the object is supposed to execute the open door uh, method, which one is it supposed to use? The one that the car defined or the one that the boat defined? And that's where, so you can get clashes of a name for a method that 
are existent in both parent classes and you don't know which one to pick. So that's called the diamond of death. Um, how do you get rid of that? Java gets, gets rid of it using interfaces, essentially. Right? Because an interface says, um, I can have multiple parent classes, but only one of them is real. All the others are virtual parent classes that only tell me what functions I should be implementing, but they don't actually tell me how they're implemented. And that's exactly what an interface does in, in, in Java. Right? An interface in Java is just an empty list of, you've got to implement these kinds of uh, classes, then you can call yourself you know, uh, somebody who implements the, for example, boat interface. So if the boat was an, was a, uh, an interface in Java, then it would only specify a couple things that you need to implement to be a boat, but it wouldn't tell you how to do it. Thereby, we only always actually inherit method implementations from a single parent class. So we're down to a single inheritance system. We don't get the problem of the diamond of death, but we can still test or make sure that this amphibian thing here does something with all the functions that it's supposed to implement for the second parent class. And now, in inter interfaces in Java are the exact same thing as protocols in Objective-C, same principle. So protocol is really, I, I like the name because it really says it's, it's, it's a deal between, you know, you're, you're the abstract superclass, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be a lumberjack, and if you're the lumberjack class, I'm gonna get a list of, you know, lists of things that I'm supposed to implement from you, and then I fulfill the lumberjack interface, and I can call myself a proper sort of implementer of that interface, which makes me eligible to, for example, uh, be chosen as a delegate in certain situations or something. So that basically means that you mostly get rid of the need for multiple inheritance uh, through protocols. Nothing super exciting, like I said, Java later then used a similar uh, principle in interfaces, um, and it, it's a well-known uh, trick to basically do single inheritance, um, but still have the ability to do these um, multiple inheritance-like constructs. Now we get to something interesting. Um, and this is unique to Objective-C. This is not something you can do in, in C++ or, or even in Java. Um, categories are a way of extending a class, really extending it, uh, without subclassing. So you might say, well, wait a minute, you've just shown me a way to extend a class without subclassing. It's called delegation. And that's kind of true, right? But what is the limitation that I have when I use delegation? Yeah? You can only use the hooks that are already provided. Exactly, right? So the, the parent class needs to know that eh, somebody's probably going to want to do something with this sometime, so you've got to put the hook in. So delegation only works if the parent class was built to be ready for calling a delegate at that point. There needs to be a hook where I can put a delegate in. Categories allow you to extend the class without it ever having thought about that kind of extension, and in fact, without it ever finding out that, the, that it is there, which is kind of scary. Um, let me give you an example. Let's say you have uh, an NSString class, and that actually exists. Apple wrote an NSString class, right? It's, it's strings in, in Cocoa. Um, and it has all sorts of functions. And let's assume that the NSString class doesn't have a find and replace function. I'll be stupid not to have one, but let's say Apple forgot about it. Now, I can't call Apple's like, hey, could you add you know, this class? So that's not going to work. Uh, I could subclass, right? That would be the Java approach to do it, or C++ approach would be, okay, I'm going to subclass a new class, of, uh, call it my string, my NSString, 
and I'm going to add the find and replace function. Right? That would be the typical way an object-oriented developer would do it. That's exactly what subclassing is for. And that's great. It works. But that would require that you then have to change all your code to actually use my NSString. Right? You can no longer use sample code of the internet or whatever um, if you want to use this find and replace routine in your code. You actually have to change all instances where you use NSString to my NSString. And everybody else who wants to maybe use your cool extension, the find and replace extension, would have to also go through and change all their names to my NSString. And now somebody else comes around, Bob, and he invents another cool thing for NSString, and he calls it Bob's NSString, and now what? Right? Now they're stuck. So um, this is a problem. So subclassing, yeah, it's possible, but it might create a big, you know, hairy ball of problems. You could also say, uh, you know, change NSString itself, but that requires you to have access to the source code of NSString, and guess what? Apple isn't readily giving away source code to the operating system. So, first of all, you can't actually get your hands on the source code for the NSString class because it's Apple property, but also, even if you did, it would mean recompiling NSString, and then everybody who wanted to use your extension would actually also have to do the same thing. So again, you're throwing a big thing in the air uh, that requires rebinding any code using it, blah, blah, blah. Messy. So here's the trick that um, Objective-C uses instead. In Objective-C, you can create something that is called a category. And a category is essentially um, an interface definition, like we see here. We're saying we're, we're creating an interface that extends in a string. And in this interface, we, we, we define there's going to be a find uh, and replace routine that works. Right? So just to recap this, it's, it's obviously a method that works on an instance, not a class, because it's got a minus sign. Its return value is going to be a pointer to an string data structure. That's what the asterisk means. And this is the return value in parentheses. Then the method is called find. It has a first parameter of another string pointer, which is called find string here as a parameter value. And then continues the method name, replace with and another string pointer, the replace string. Right? So this method is called find colon replace with colon. Right? That's the full method name uh, with all the parts in there. And if you create this category and put that into your code, Next to basically your use of NSString, any code that uses NSString can now use the findReplaceWith method. Why is this possible? Because remember what we said about dynamic uh, binding. You can write code, you can write a piece of code that says uh, create a variable of type NSString and call the findReplace method in that variable, right? That's exactly what we just did with the hitchhiker. You can do that because the compiler doesn't give a damn. Right? He says, yeah, if you think you want to call this, I don't know what that is, but dude, you probably know what you're doing. Right? So compile time, everything's cool. Now comes runtime. At runtime, the runtime system of OS X, you know, the Cocoa Toolkit, the whole runtime system, is looking for, OK, I've got an NSString variable here. This guy is asking me to execute the find-replace method. Is that anywhere? 
Right? That's when the check happens. And that's when, if you compile a category, it will get linked into your binary. And at that point, it will say, oh yeah, by the way, if a string wants to do anything and it doesn't know how to do it, I might have the answer. But it's a separate compiled thing next to the nstring pre-compiled you know, library. So it doesn't have to be part of that compiled library. It's a separate extension of it. So categories allow you to extend um, the existing functionality of a class without this, the class knowing anything about it. People have used this to great, you know, to great fun. You can extend classes and try to write extensions that will then sort of reveal some of the ways that these classes work internally, like finding out what kind of instance variables they have and stuff like this. There are some nice sort of inspection tools out there that can take an existing um, compiled binary um, and actually start poking around in how it works. There are ways to protect your code against that, but you have to actually sort of you know, put extra measures in and, and sort of you know, encrypt your code if you want to avoid this kind of um, post hoc access. Again, it's sort of this Californian like, libertarian uh, approach. Like, yeah. uh, you can change code uh, even without it knowing about it in a way. Um, so any code that uses the basic nstring class without any changes could put a line in there that uses a find replace with method as long as it links this category in. And that is only possible because of the dynamic loading that Objective-C uh, allows. And we have another demo uh, to show the, uh, this uh, thing in, in use. By the way, Swift also has the same principle. It's just called extensions. Um, so you know, it's a different name, but, but same, uh, same principle. All right, <clears throat> so um, back to Xcode. Um, we'll create a new um, Xcode project. Again, it's a command line um, tool application, so nothing fancy, but it shows the, the example pretty well. Um, so this example is inspired by the fact that in Australia, you don't really say hello. Often people say good day instead of hello. So we're now creating an extension for a string that basically looks for a string, and whenever there's an occurrence of good, it will replace that, or with hello, it will replace that with good day. So um, we um, yeah, don't need to translate all the strings. We can just do that by applying a certain method to it. Um, so I'll create a project called hello. I'll use the um, Objective-C language, uh, just as before. And um, well, we have the same uh, structure here again. We have our um, main um, implementation file. So um, Let's create an NS string here. Um, that is hello, and that is um, okay. Hello, world, and then we're going to print it to the console. Uh, let's just check. Here we have our hello world. Nothing fancy so far, just printing a string on the console. Uh, now I want to add my extension to add a string. Um, since, yeah, you see this is a string here, and uh, I want to add some um, more functionality to it. So I can add a new file. Um, in this case, I check Objective-C file. And then it lets me pick what kind of file type I want to choose. And um, in this case, I want to choose a category. I can give that a name. Um, I call it uh, Aussie for Australia, and um, the class that I'm going to extend is NSString. 
So I'll create that. And then what you can see here is um, uh, it created basically two new files here. And they are called nstring plus, and then you give the new name that you um, basically choose. So any extension basically looks like this. You have the base class that you want to extend, then the plus sign, and then you have your extension name basically. Okay, um, and these files can be treated similarly as a normal class file. So we have, okay, display here. Um, so we have basically a header file and an implementation file. And I'm going to add a new method here, uh, which will return it in a string. Uh, and I call that uh, make it Aussie. And um, so what it will do, basically, it will check your string, replace any occurrence of good uh, with hello with good day. So this is the prototype. And then we're going to implement the method right here. Um, I can access the NS string by just um, referring to self, which is uh, the same as this in, in Java. And now NS string already has some fancy methods for checking on strings. So um, one is um, component separated by string. That's basically now it looks for the occurrence of hello. And then I send that a, um, another message. Um, so I have to add another bracket here. And then I can use uh, components joined by string. And that is basically the string that I will put then in place of um, the occurrence that it found. Uh, so we will say good day. Um, like this. And so I have now um, added uh, another method here. Uh, what's the problem? Oh, yeah, of course, I should return something. So um, now I can go back to my main class. Um, I need, though, to import um, this extension. Um, so and that is, as I said, in a string, and then plus, and then your name. So I just add the header file here. Uh, and now you can apply this make it Aussie method to any string. So there's no new subclass that you created. You can just use a regular and a string object and send that message to it. So for example, we can now say, um, well, if I'm writing an Australian version of this application, uh, I can send the make it Aussie uh, method to this uh, string object here. And as you can see, autocompletion already recognized this. Hey, this exists. And um, now when I run the code, we should see something else instead of hello world. Yeah, it says now uh, good day world. So every occurrence of hello has been replaced. And I didn't subclass any string. I just created this extension. I added this new method, uh, make it Aussie. And um, yeah. This content was provided by RWTH, Aachen University.